With Milk Street Baby, you can build your Pinterest dream nursery. Exquisitely built, their modern baby furniture covers every trending look for 2021. From mid-century modern to bohemian minimalist, their furniture works for any design style. They combine unique aesthetics with unparalleled engineering and craftsmanship to bring families' iconic gender-neutral crib collections at a value. Furniture with a look and feel unlike anything ever produced for a baby. Their mission is to create beautiful nursery furniture that doesn't sacrifice safety for design. For 10% off Milk Street's crib and nursery sets, use code Heart and Hustle, all lowercase, one word, at MilkStreetBaby.com. Again, that's code Heart and Hustle to build your dream nursery today. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. If you're loving the show, give us a little subscribe if you have not already. We drop episodes twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, all centered around business, marketing, and life sprinkled in with some girl chat, faith, and hardcore encouragement. Today, we're talking with the incredible Becca Tilly. Becca was thrust into the spotlight when she was on season 19 of The Bachelor. That's Crystal season four, my Bachelor OG fans out there, where she made it to the final two before Chris sent her home proposing to someone else. She came back on the show for season 20 of The Bachelor with Ben Higgins, because she just loved him. And Ben unfortunately sent her home halfway through. And through her experience on the show, she just learned a ton about herself and grew as a woman through the process. Now she shares her journey and invites people into her world on Instagram, encouraging other women to be true to themselves and making us all laugh in the process. She's hysterical. I love her. She is also the host of the two-time People Choice Award-winning podcast, Scrubbing In, that she co-hosts with her best friend, Tanya Rad. Today was such a fun girl chat. Becca spills all the tea on this episode, combined with truth and encouragement that'll leave you inspired as you walk through your day. We asked Becca questions like, what led you to be on The Bachelor in the first place? What is the Bachelor casting process even like? How much say do producers actually have on the show and the direction that it goes? So uh, yeah, we got some inside tea today. It is. It was just such a fun glimpse into the world of filming The Bachelor, but Becca also shares her heart on what it's like to stand true to herself and her convictions in spite of people's opinions while in the limelight and what she learned about herself through the whole process and more. So if you're a fan of The Bachelor Nation and ready to know about filming, how it really goes down and all that tea, or if you're just ready to be inspired and feel like you've made a new best friend in the process, keep listening. Let's welcome Becca to the show. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Becca, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are super, super excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. So I, I love like a girl chat and a female-led podcast. Yes. <laughs> that is what Same. we're about. Same. <laughs> this is going to be so fun. Okay. For anyone who doesn't know you and lives under a rock, do you want to just introduce yourself and kind of tell us the story of how you got to where you are today? Yeah. So um, I was originally, you know, I, my claim to fame, I guess I should say, is <laughs> I was on The Bachelor. I was on season 19, which was um, Chris Souls, the farmer. And then I was, I actually went back for a second season, which um, was for season 20. And that was Ben Higgins season. And um, weirdly enough, like on Chris's season, <clears throat> excuse me, the first season I did, I made it to the very end. I was like the <laughs> runner up, I guess. And um, and then I went back on Ben's season and I was, you know, I, I went home kind of somewhere in the middle and people remember me, like recognize me or like acknowledge me from Ben's season more than they ever do from Chris's season, which Weird. is so funny. That's wild. <laughs> um, and I think it's like The Bachelor um, audience, like continually, like some people stop watching and then some people are like just starting to watch, you know, like. So it is always shifting. But yeah, that's kind of where I started. And um, after that, 
just naturally from being on the show, I gained a social media following. And um, from there, I was, you know, been able to do the whole like social media influencer thing. And then I started a podcast with my best friend. So I'm kind of in that place now where I'm just continually trying to grow and do everything that I can. Oh, yes. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. Well, and I want to share real fast the story of how I met you in Hawaii <laughs> yeah. because it's such a random thing. And I think it's also <laughs> relatable. Um, I just remember, I can't remember. I think somebody DM'd me because I lived in Oahu and they were like, Hey, Becca is in, I know you watched The Bachelor. Becca's in Oahu. She's like looking for places to go or, or something. And I remember I DM'd you and I was just like, Hey, here's, I, I don't honestly even know what I said. I said, like, here's a few places or something. And then I, I think that was a Saturday evening. And then the morning after, you literally DM'd me. And then you were like, hey, can I just call you? And I like just got out of church. And I was like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then ended up, me and my husband were like, well, we're not doing anything today. And so we just like uh, took you around to all the cool places in Oahu, which was so much fun. But I think, didn't you tell me that you like, you got a bunch of DMs and you were like, oh, they seem cool. Because apparently the night before we were like making imitation Chick-fil-A since Hawaii doesn't have Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yes. Okay. So <laughs> this is like one of my favorite stories. And I actually talk about it often and talk about <laughs> you and Andrew because y'all were literal angels on that trip because, so I was flying there with my, one of my really good friends, Jesse, who's a photographer and half, like literally we're in the air on the plane on our way to Oahu. And I was like, hey, by the way, um, my license is expired, so I can't rent a car. So, you, you know, I'll pay for it. I just need you to get it with your license. And she goes, my license is, is, is expired, too. And I'm like, are, no. are you kidding me? Oh, so, see, I didn't know that. And then at the time, you know, at the time, and I don't know if it's still that way, but, you know, when you ask people about Ubering on the island, they were kind of like, you, they have Ubers, but it's slow like you're not gonna really get anywhere right it's like that. just in honolulu yeah and so um i just like posted on instagram i think and then i'm actually looking at your first message and you said <laughs> hey, hey girl i'm a photographer here in oahu if you need any recommendations or a tour guide tomorrow or just want to take photos at all i'm more than happy to help you let me know oh look so, at me go <laughs> yeah yeah you were just like you <laughs> so I basically responded. I was like, well, we're really struggling because both of our licenses expired. Whatever. Can I call you? Um, and so they like y'all just, and I am, I have major stranger danger. Like, you know, like, I would never just like get in the car and go, but for some reason I was like, this feels meant to be. I watched the story. She was making Chick-fil-A nuggets the night before. I was like, this is, I feel like these are my people. And that's um, amazing. So they pulled up at the hotel and picked us up and literally took us to all of the spots we wanted to see, plus more. And, it, and then we went to y'all's house. It just was like, it was one of those experiences where I would I would have never thought something like that would happen to me. And I was so grateful to y'all because y'all just couldn't have been kinder and... I don't know. Y'all were just... We, so. we were... It was so much fun, I will say. And also, it... <laughs> I obviously watched you on, uh, ironically, maybe this is why you're more famous for Ben's season. I watched Ben's season, did not watch Chris's season. So I don't, <laughs> and I don't know why, because I'm from Kansas. You would think I would watch the season with the farmer. But I just didn't. <laughs> maybe it wasn't marketed as much. I don't know. But so I knew who you were. And Andrew does not give a crap about the show <laughs> whatsoever, which he obviously, I remember in the car, he was like, so what, so what did, how, who are you? Like, <laughs> Yeah, like he could not have had less interest in <laughs> my experience on The Bachelor. <laughs> it was great. So it was great. <laughs> oh, it was I amazing. It was, it's great. At least I feel like a little bit of the same. You don't care. You don't watch I the show. I, I do. No. I'm, I'm with Andrew. I'm like, who? Like literally anytime Lindsay tries to talk to me, she's like, oh my gosh, this episode of, <laughs> of The Bachelor, so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm like, okay, slow down. Backtrack. Who and who? And I'm like, what's the rose mean? What's happening? <laughs> like, if you uh, ever just want to really feel like your life is fully together, just what, or like if you're like struggling to like, Fine. Feel good about yourself. Just watch The Bachelor. Like you feel <laughs> automatically better about yourself after watching. You know, just oh my gosh. The I hate to admit it, but it is true. That is yeah. that is a fact. Oh my gosh. I'm actually okay. Really quick question. Do you guys think that's actually why some people fully enjoy the show? Oh, probably. Uh, I mean, is, I think it's like 
Uh, I think our society like really loves a love story. And even though The Bachelor is so, like, if you really put it into like the grand scheme of things, how ridiculous it is. Yeah. It's kind of like you're getting to watch someone go through this dating process and find someone that they connect with more than, you know, other people. And I always say it's weird because, you know, especially being on the show, like we're all dating the same guy. And then at the same time, we're all becoming friends for the most part and watching us, you know, each other date the same guy that we're dating. And, um, but it's almost, you know, if, if you're kind of in the dating game and you're on apps and stuff, you're essentially going all day trying to get to know people and see who you really click with. The Bachelor just condenses it and puts everyone into one house. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, and then shortens the timeline. <laughs> right. Which is what makes it good TV. Because yeah, it's right. what's happening in the real world with anyone who's dating. It's just all, first of all, being filmed. But second of all, everyone's living together. Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, well, let's, let's go back to the beginning then, and let's just straight up talk about it. What made you even go on the show in the first place, like an audition, or or maybe you didn't audition. I don't know how that works. So could you talk about this, about, or talk to us about like the casting process and just how you basically got into the Bachelor universe? So I, before I was on the show, I didn't watch the show. Like I, I had a few friends who were loyal viewers on Monday nights, and if I happened to be at their house and it was on, I would sit there, but like I never knew the whole story. I would just see like the one episode. And so um, my best friend from high school uh, in Louisiana, Laura, she watched it like she was one of those people. And she would always be like, let's send in a video of you for The Bachelor. You know, I was like really wholesome, conservative virgin. And I was like, (laughs) I am not going on that show. Like that just seems like the furthest thing from anything I would ever do. And she was like, come on, like you could travel. It could be so fun. And what if you really liked him? Like, what if this is how it's supposed to go for you? So fast forward, I was working, I was, I was traveling and I got off the plane and I had a voicemail and I listened to it and he was like, hi, this is Scott from The Bachelor. Your best friend, Laura, nominated you. Um, we'd love to meet with you. Oh, and I was like, oh, oh, so like a few days before that, she, Laura had texted me and was like, hey, did you know that all you have to do to nominate someone for The Bachelor is send in a paragraph about them and a photo of them? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) and I was like, I didn't know that, you know, like kind of just brushed it off. That was it. So then I get the call (laughs) and I text her and I was like, I I just got a call from The Bachelor. And she was like, there's no way. I literally just did that a few days ago. And I'm like, they left me a voicemail. I'm not doing it. And she was like, Becca. Out of all of the people, they called you. Like, you have to just, like, go go see, like, what it's like. Go talk to them. So um, I go. I was in San Diego at the time, and I drive up to L.A. for a meeting. And, of course, they, like, really hyped me up. They were like, we really think you could go far. Like, I'm sure they told every single person the same thing. <laughs> and uh, I, like, left being like, wow, this, this, is, this is my path. And... Um, like in my mind, I felt like all this is working out so I can meet the man of my dreams. You know, like I just had this like fantasy way of thinking. And I, they send me home with this thick application. And I, once I got that, I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> okay. My coworker was like, I'll, I'll help you fill it out. I'll help you fill it out. So we fill it out. And then that was in, I think, March. And I didn't get my final call that I had gotten on the show until like end of July, I think. So all that time, like every now and then they'd call and check in and be like, Hey, are you still single? Are you still interested in being on the show? And um, then I went and it was like the final casting weekend, which is where they do um, like, like psychology tests. Um, oh, dang. they do like, a, uh, like they're like, you talk to a therapist and, just like they really dive into your just past, like check to see if you have anything on your record, do like blood tests for STDs. Like it's crazy. Um, I've heard it's intense. <laughs> that sounds yeah, intense. It is. And then, and so then um, I guess I had that weekend and then they called and told me I was, you know, going to go on the show. And so, yeah, then I went on and I, I will never forget that first night. Um, I didn't talk to him at all because <laughs> my whole life, 
I was like, if, you know, I was taught if a guy wants you, he'll pursue you. Or yes. I forgot him on a TV show and he has like 30 other women to pursue. <laughs> and um, so I just all night was like, he'll come get me if he wants to talk to me. And then finally, they were like, it's time for the rose ceremony. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go home. I like did not talk to him one time. This is so crazy. And we're standing there. I've never felt my feet hurt like I did that first night of the rose ceremony. Like I still feel like I have issues from that. <laughs> and um, I remember thinking like, I'm standing here. I'm so tired. It's like middle of the night. My feet hurt. I'm waiting for a flower from a guy I have not even had a conversation with to like validate. And I was, and then he called my name and I was like shocked because I hadn't talked to him once. And um, yeah, and but I remember that first night being like, what am I doing? And then I went through the whole season and it, you know, the whole storyline for me was I, well, I was a virgin and I had never been in love and they really capitalized on the fact that I had never been in love. And by the end of the show, I had maybe spent a total of like 48 hours with this guy. And they were like, well, are you in love with him? And I was like, no, but like, I like him. I really like him. And I would like yeah. to see where this goes. Yeah. And, um, but he ended up proposing to someone else and it all worked out. You know, I don't have any regrets about either season that I was on, which is really nice that I can look back on both with having a great experience. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Backtracking to the first night. So night one of the show. Can you like tell us what that's actually like? Like how much do the producers actually have a say or a push or control or whatever in what we're seeing like on TV as viewers versus what's actually happening in the moment at the house? So... Well, the first night is just so crazy because you're in the limo you and you haven't seen anyone for three days because you go to the hotel and you're just like essentially quarantined for three days. And um, so all of a sudden you're getting into these limos with these girls. We're all going to meet the same guy. And um, everyone's like stunningly beautiful. You know, you're just it's so overwhelming. And then you're just kind of sitting around talking to each other. And then everyone's like, have you talked to him? Have you talked to him? what is he like? Is he so cute? You know, just like that. And then, you know, the producers will be like, how are y'all feeling? You know, like, why don't you talk about how you're feeling so that they can kind of get the conversations like going. So mm -hmm. they kind of are like the conversation starters, but then all the conversations are real, you know, like wow, they yeah. kind of prompt it, but then that's all. They just step, step back after that. Um, and then a lot of people have always had the question, when he's calling out the roses on the first night, especially like, how does he know everyone's name that fast? And okay. Thank you. Cause I don't know. <laughs> so, um, there's been so many funny, like speculations, like that they have the names written on the rose and all this stuff. But, um, what happens is the bachelor will come out, he'll say three names and then he'll leave and walk and go back to the, the room to get three more names. So all that's why, we're just standing there, like literally, and they're, you know, they're all telling us, don't move, no talking. So we're all just quiet. So sometimes in the rose ceremony, you'll notice it'll pan to someone's face and they look like really upset or angry right. or like drunk. <laughs> but we're all just so tired and we're just standing, standing there, for there like waiting. Five million hours. Yeah. So that's, that's the trick of that. Basically, there's not really a trick except for editing where wow. he comes, says the names, goes and gets... And, as far as like how much um, how much of who he keeps is his decision, I've heard different things. Like I I think there's probably a handful of guys based on the personality test and um, all the testing that they did where they have a good feeling that the that person's gonna match with the bachelor, you know, just based yeah. on sign, whatever your science, whatever. And then the rest are kind of like for TV. And right. so I think, you know, a lot of times when there's a villain character, which and most of the time in real life, they're really awesome and they just get a bad get a at it. But yeah, I was going to say, get a bad at it. <laughs> yeah, but normally people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he kept her. She, I can't believe she kept him. Like, how does she not see it? It's like, 
they don't they're just kind of like having to do what the producers need for tv purposes right well that's that's what i thought is like i wonder if they give them a, a like hey you have to keep this person for so long yeah i mean i think I, if you think about it a lot of times i get really annoyed because i feel like the drama gets kind of overplayed so much yeah but to an extent the show has to have those people because yeah. you know there are times where i'm watching kind of as it gets down to the end and it's just like the ones that are it could really happen like you can really see like it could be it could be the final one. And I kind of get bored because I'm like, I kind of yeah. want a little more spice. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's like our human nature. We're like, we want intrigue and drama and something like crazy and out of this world and ev- something that feels like normal is almost boring to us sometimes. Exactly. It's so true. Yeah. Well, for TV at least, you know, you kind of yeah. want to escape to something that doesn't feel like reality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is my other last question about, like, behind-the-scenes producer life. Is there an alcohol limit? So when I was on the show, there there wasn't. I mean, I think if it got to the point where someone, like, literally passed out, they'd probably stop. But um, (laughs) but I know there was, like, some, uh, you know, scandal on Bachelor in Paradise. And I think two people got, like, really, really drunk. And it was, like, a whole thing. So I think now there is a limit. Or from what I've heard, but... I, there was I just, one on there. <laughs> I've heard so many different things of like, oh, there's like one drink per hour, but people like trick it so that they have their drink at the end of the hour and then they have their next yeah. drink at the beginning of the other hour. So it's basically like they have two drinks in a row. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, I didn't do that. And to be honest, on the first season, I did not drink at all. Like I just in my life didn't drink. And then I was like, I don't, I'm already so tired and this is such a kind of in, intense environment. I don't want to get to a point where I'm like drinking so much that I'm like not aware of what I'm saying or doing. So I literally would have Red Bull on ice and (laughs) that was basically my (laughs) go-to. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, if the rose ceremonies are as long as you say they are, like you got to stay awake somehow. (laughs) I seriously, and I just never wanted to look like Oh wow, Beck is like yeah. really, <laughs> really feeling it tonight. Yeah, Which you know, if I luckily I did it when I was a little more you know cautious and conservative because maybe if I went on now, I wouldn't be as like smart. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. That's crazy. I feel like I feel like from an outsider's perspective, I'm like, why don't they put the names on the roses? Like that just sounds like a smarter <laughs> idea. <laughs> I I do think there is something about like getting the reaction of our faces while we're sitting there waiting. Cause you know, even, yeah. even though you think like, Oh, he's just going back to the room to get more names. It takes forever. So I think in yeah. those moments, there's all these cameras pointed at us. They're able to get footage that they need to cut in there. Mm, that's sure. true. That's good. Oh, okay. I well, I, I would love to know, cause we, we talked mainly about probably more of Chris's season, but for both seasons that you went on, what did the experience on both teach you about yourself? Um, you know, I think I don't know where I picked it up, but I always felt very, um, and I still am like working on this, but like communicating my feelings or like being able to express myself to someone or how I feel. I, I really had never even, like, I didn't even realize I didn't do that until I went on The Bachelor. And they were like, you know, you're just, and it's weird because you're talking to these people who are essentially just there to make a show. Like they don't, I, I don't, not that they don't care about you, but like their main focus is creating a good show. But at the same time, there's this sense of, I mean, they're good at what they do and they were able to get me to open up and open myself up to not only like the relationship aspect of it from like the romantic part, but just also, you know, I made so many amazing friends and met so many people. And it almost gave me a newfound appreciation to saying yes to doing something that seemed so out of my comfort zone. Yeah. I love that. Do you feel like coming in from a more like 
conservative, sheltered, cautious background into like Bachelor Nation and an experience kind of like that, that's so different and out of the norm and crazy. Did you feel like there was culture shock? Did you feel like you didn't fit in with the other like girls or didn't connect with, you know, Chris or Ben or, or whatever? Like, I guess, what was that like coming in from almost like a different world? Well, I've always been like so confident in who I was, like in what I believed in my, you know, at the, I'm not a virgin anymore, but at the time I was very confident in waiting for marriage. And that was like, not something I ever felt ashamed of. So like, if anything, I, I think just like anything in life, I think there's this, how you approach a situation, like if, if, for instance, like we always on, I've heard people use this example. Like if, if you are a single mom and you're going on a date and you're trying to meet someone, if you say like, yeah, you know, I, I by the way, like I, I have a daughter and you approach it in this way that it sounds like it's a negative thing, the reaction is going to be the same way. And so if you were to approach it and be like, yeah, I have an amazing daughter. I, she's like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. He is going to respond the same way. So I always took that approach with my virginity. It was like my decision. No one was forcing me to do it. And so it's something I was very comfortable in and same with my faith and all my decisions, like not drinking. And so I never felt like, like that was never an issue as far as like getting along with other girls or with uh, Chris and Ben, because, you know, they, they just, if anything, respected me for that being my decision. Yeah. yeah that's sure. so good. What? Well, when you went on Ben's season, because you were, like, that's a rare thing to happen. I mean, maybe not now. It's feeling like it has actually <laughs> happened a lot. But, like, a girl from a past season coming on to, like, because usually the girls or the guys, if it's The Bachelorette, are not known. Like, they're new people into right. the world. Right. And so did you get any backlash or any, like, criticism for going on to Ben's season, either from the girls or from the world? So, so when I went on Ben's season, I... It kind of, the way it happened was I was with um, Caitlin Bristow. So she was on Chris's season with me and she went on to be the bachelorette. And then um, Ben was on her season and I was watching the premiere with her, um, her premiere and Ben gets out of the limo. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. Like what's, what's his deal? And she was like, he's the best. Like y'all would be so great together, but I really think he's going to be the bachelor. And I'm like, oh, well darn. And, um, so then I tweeted something like as the season played on and he was just like the sweetest guy. And, um, I tweeted something along the lines of like, Ben is what, <laughs> Ben is what every 26 year old of virgin named Becca is looking for. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it kind of like, you know, took off and had a lot of like comments and reaction to it. And so, um, Everyone was like, you should, you know, when he got announced as Bachelor, everyone's like, you should go on, like, y'all would be great together. And in my mind, I was like, you know, I'm not giving the producers the satisfaction of like asking to go back on. And so um, I guess it was two-ish weeks before they started filming, one of the producers called me and he was like, well, what are you doing this fall? And I was like, I don't know why. And he was like, you know why. And um, <laughs> I was like, okay, I want to come on because I want to meet Ben, but I want to start from the beginning like everybody else. Like, I don't want to come on mid-season and be like this dramatic entrance. And so he was like, okay, like, we'll do that. And so there was like a little bit, the first night when I walked in, there were some like reactions to me that weren't like super positive. But by the time, like, so you have the first night and then after that rose ceremony, everyone goes back to the hotel and sleeps. And then the next day we all move into the mansion together. And so by the time we moved into the mansion, I got to have conversations. It was like all fine. No. So it was, I avoided the drama because for me, I was like, well, I'm just meeting him for the first time too. Like, yeah, I've been on the show before, but Ben's season was actually a lot more emotional for me because I specifically went on for Ben. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get real for a minute. How much writing do you have to do every day to market your business? Answer, a crap ton. I know, right? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I hate seeing that blinking cursor, and it can just take a lot of time to really, really write good copy. And even then, you don't know if it will connect with your audience, you know? 
Yeah, so dude, can we tell you about our favorite find, a solution for creating killer copy? It's called AnyWord. It's a simple platform where you can enter a link or a description of what you want to talk about, and in a click, AnyWord will generate a bunch of marketing copy variations for you to choose from. It is so freaking easy. (laughs) AnyWord creates copy for your Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and so much more. It can even help you write copy for your website, blog posts, sales pages, and email subject lines. It's just actually insane. Yes. And what we really love about AnyWord is that it also gives you all of the copy and it creates a score. That score shows you what's most likely to convert the best, cutting down on A, B, split testing costs, and saving you time and resources in your marketing budget. So you know it will do well whenever you post it. We freaking love AnyWord, and it can save you just so much time and give you great copy ideas, which leaves you time to focus on what really matters, growth. Yes, AnyWord is free to try, and our friends there have given our heart fam 30% off of your first three months. Just go to anyword.com forward slash heart to get started. That's anyword.com forward slash heart. Oh, okay. So you obviously do such a good job of just owning who you are, being confident in your decisions, not trying to be someone that you're not, especially like online or, you know, on TV or whatnot. Did you feel like after the show that you had any pressure to be a certain person or to look a certain way or anything like that um, as your, I guess, like fame, quote unquote, started to, to grow during and after the show? Um, well, to be honest, my whole life, I felt like I needed to be a certain person. Like, I think I'm definitely a people pleaser, but in, on this, in the same sentence, I can say, I've always just kind of done what I wanted to do, but I've always wanted people to like me. And so anytime I've spoken up about something that I want to speak up about, or, you know, that may upset some people, I always get backlash for it. And I hate criticism. Like I, I don't, I I try to embrace criticism because I do think constructive criticism is so vital to growth, but I hate when it's like trolls who just have an opinion and literally take time out of their day to try to, you know, bring people down. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think to an extent you have to kind of, define who you are and like having this new audience and this platform all of a sudden was um kind of crazy and I, and for me like being on both of the seasons I was on the whole influencer thing wasn't really a thing yet so mm-hmm. I think coming off of it the only thing that changed for me was that I had a bigger following but I was still like working at my old job you know it wasn't anything overwhelmingly different Um, and so, yeah, I think there's, I'm constantly navigating that, you know, doing what I want and being who I am unapologetically while also learning to take constructive criticism and brush off ignorant criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, oh, sorry, go on. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) I think there's such a difference between like Lindsay and I have talked about this before, even on the podcast, actually, there's like a difference between constructive criticism and hate. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, they come from completely different places. They have completely different purposes. And the result of those words is usually worlds different. And so it's, you know, navigating an online space. And I can only imagine for you too, Becca, with like, you know, such exposure, you know, dramatically all at once, basically, for you to be navigating, okay, how do I let that roll off my back and ignore it or, you know, accept the good stuff and identify the constructive criticism versus just the ignorant, like angry hate. So I can't even imagine like that's got to be just almost like such a shock to be like, whoa, okay, people have input into every single thing that I do now. (laughs) I know. I I like never, it was almost like comical how I remember when the, when I, because you watch the show, when you watch the show, you're like, you choose your person that you're kind of rooting for until the end. Yeah. And so it's not even like it had anything to do with me per se. It was just that they liked someone better than me. And so I would take everything so personal, like, oh my gosh, like, I feel so bad that 
that they went home and I didn't because that was someone's face. You know, it's just like I I was so in my head about that. And now it's more of like trying to have grace while I'm letting it roll off my back. Yeah. Well, and also understanding like people view The Bachelor, it's a TV show and they're viewing it like a game show in the sense of like, oh, I'm betting on this part. Like there's literal brackets. I mean, I have participated hand raised in a Bachelor bracket. Like you, you pick your favorites, you pick like your team and then you're rooting for them. And it's like just the whole concept. I mean, that's probably just reality TV for you, but it's set up to be a game show situation. And you forget that there's real human beings, there's real hearts behind it. And I just, I guess that leads me into my question of like, was it, because it, in my opinion, it would be such a drastic, it's like you, you're like living your life, right? And even after you've recorded or recorded, like filmed the show until it airs, you're just living a normal life. And then all of a sudden you're thrust into this spotlight and then a follower growth even. It's just like that, that has to come with so much like, I just can't even imagine what that would feel like to go so, like, 180 immediately from, like, oh, my gosh, people know who I am, and now they care about me, and now they have very strong opinions on <laughs> every single thing that I do, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's weird. and it's I guess for me, it happened so long ago that it's, it's kind of, that's just my, what is my, and even it's way more calm than it was when I first got the show. Like, you know, I would go places and it has such a, the bachelor has such a huge loyal fan base. And, um, and I just always, I think if anything, I always just felt really grateful for it because it led me to so many opportunities and experiences that I would have never had otherwise. So like, in the moments and still to this day, there are certain times on social media, if I'm just in a bad mood or I'm about to start my period and like the wrong person says the wrong thing, I'm just like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I, why do we put ourselves out there? And then I stay off social media for the day and then I'm back to loving it the next day because it is this strange community that I get to have with so many people all over that I would never get to have otherwise. So yeah. it is just kind of that whole thing of like being grateful and also navigating where to set your boundaries for it, for yourself. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so then what does your life, I mean, because we're talking about The Bachelor, but that was your your season, plural, on The Bachelor was a long time ago, pretty much. Yeah. So <laughs> what does daily life for Becca look like now? Well, now my life, you know, is pretty, um, I mean, it's fun because it's something new every day. You know, so I, most days I wake up, I have a little Pomeranian named Phoebe. She's like the cutest ever. But she's she so freaking cute. She's so cute. But like, I still question if she likes me or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she has such an attitude. Um, so yeah, I, you know, wake up, take her out. I just bought a house. And so I've really gotten to focus on, you know, kind of decorating and organizing right now, which is really yes. not my passion. Organizing is unfortunately not my passion. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah, a learning I, curve. Yeah. And then with, with uh, so, you know, the whole thing of being an influencer is that I get to work with so many amazing brands and I'm really fortunate to be able to work specifically with the ones I want to work with and say no to things that are, you know, not a good fit for me. And so it's fun because I get to make content and create for things that I love. And so some days that looks like, you know, I'm working on three or four things at a time and some days I have zero things and I get to kind of choose whatever I want to do for the day. But um, yeah, it's really fun. I I am just doing it as long as I can and like enjoying it and always working to grow and focus on new things that, you know, can be long-term and lasting. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. Just hearing your story of almost like the... I guess the life changed. Like when you went on to The Bachelor, did you like know, okay, I'm making a decision that is going to change most likely the course of my life, whether it was finding, you know, love and getting married or whatever, or it was, okay, I'm going to explode on social media and be like this, you know, internet face, star, sensation, yeah. whatever you want to say. Like, did you, did you consciously... Yeah. <laughs> 
Did you like consciously know that though? Like, or was it just kind of like, oh, okay, I'll go on The Bachelor and you didn't think about that aspect? No. Okay. So this is one of my favorite things. So I, all I've ever wanted to do was like travel the world. And I remember we had, I worked for a chiropractor before I went on The Bachelor and we had a team meeting and he was like, just write down all of your goals. Like, even if it feels like there's no way or you don't have enough money or whatever it is, just write down your goals. And I wrote, I want to travel the world. So when all the bachelor stuff was happening, like one, one thing I knew about the bachelor was that they traveled all over the place, you know, like they got to go to so many places. And, and so when I got on, I thought, okay, worst case scenario, maybe I get to travel somewhere. And like in my mind, that's how I was rationalizing going on the show. Cause I was like, am I making a huge mistake? And, yeah. um, and in my mind, I was like, maybe I'll get to go somewhere cool. So then Chris's season, because he was a farmer, the whole season we stayed in like the Midwest. And, <laughs> like, like literally we, and then the final three, we went to Bali, which was amazing. But yeah, for the whole season, we were like in the United States. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like all my not, plans. Not just, just the United States, the Midwest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like literally, I mean, we went to, I guess so we, we went from, we were in LA. I think we were in the mansion, like for the longest time that normally they're in the mansion. And then we went to New Mexico, which was great. And then we went to uh, South Dakota, which was also amazing. Like everywhere we went, I really enjoyed, but it was just funny because my mind did you not know. picture that. <laughs> right. Like all the other seasons go to Germany, yeah. and Thailand. <laughs> and so I just like got back and I was like, well, that was funny for me, you know? Like, That's great. amazing. And so then um, I went on Ben's season and we went to a few different places. And then, and then after that, I started getting opportunities through like social media stuff to travel around the world. And so it's really cool because like, that was kind of my thought when I first went on. I was like, okay, maybe this guy doesn't work out, but maybe I get to go somewhere cool. And I think that's one of my favorite things from that for everything that's happened is that I've gotten to go and see so many places because of saying yes to going on The Bachelor. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Wow. That's so intriguing. This is so fascinating <laughs> for me. I just like, I didn't even know Bachelor contestants traveled anywhere. So I'm like, Lulz, you stayed in the Midwest. <laughs> This is very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, we like went to Iowa. It was a riot. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> that's well, at least amazing. at least the Bachelor Mansion though is in like a gorgeous part of like California, so you got to see some of <laughs> some of I a mean, pretty yeah, part of the country. I I lived in San Diego at the time, so I lived oh, in like a beautiful <laughs> place. I was like, what is the best? So you're like, okay. <laughs> Like, that's amazing for oh, the ticket to God. Des Moines, Iowa. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's hysterical. You're like, uh, great. <laughs> so great. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Becca, you have a podcast uh, called Scrubbing In. So for anyone who hasn't heard it, do you want to talk to us a little bit about it? Like, what is it about? How did you start it? All the, all the tea, all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, my podcast is with my best friend, Tanya, and it's called Scrubbing In. And um, I, I, I'm trying to think of, so my friends who were also, the, Ben, whose season I was on The Bachelor, Ben Higgins, and then um, Ashley, I, who I was on Chris's season with, um, have a podcast together, kind of Bachelor-focused. And mm-hmm. Ben was out of town one day, and so I co-hosted with Ashley, and the producer was like, Hey, would you want to have your own podcast? And so I started it as just myself. And it was kind of more of like me kind of talking about my favorite shows coming out, what I've been watching, kind of a little more like pop culture based. And um, yeah. it was just kind of me like <laughs> interviewing people from shows that I liked, whatever. And I never felt 100% comfortable with it. Because, you know, I don't consider myself like a Ryan Seacrest or someone who like, and that wasn't really what I wanted to do. I wanted it to be more like what y'all's podcast is, like this conversational, like girlfriends, like just chatting. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had brought, I have two younger sisters. I'm, well, I'm one of five. I have an older sister, a brother, and then my two younger sisters live out here. And one day I was like, hey, I want y'all to be on the podcast. And so they were totally down for it. And they're so funny and sarcastic. <laughs> so I was like, this will be great. 
as soon as they got her the microphones, they just like froze. Like, oh, they, no. it was like they couldn't speak anymore. And I was just kind of like, who are you? What's no. going on? You're like, so, we're just talking. Yeah, we're just talking. So, um, I, I just like kind of, <laughs> I think what really threw them off. So they're both gay. And I was like, I didn't know yet. And so I was like, well, so what's it like for y'all when you're like, what are you looking for in a guy? You know, I just <laughs> probably like threw them off so much without even realizing Oh, no. It. So, um, so anyways, we, I needed to fill time for that episode because we had very limited footage to use. Right. And my best friend, Tanya, who works for um, the morning show with Ryan Seacrest at iHeart, she was still in the studio. And I was like, hey, will you um, just come hop on the podcast with me and like fill in where Caroline and Hink, my sisters, like, they froze. So, (laughs) so she goes, um, she's like, yeah, sure. So we start doing it and we're just chatting. And I remember halfway through, I looked at my producer and I was like, this is what it's supposed to be. So, um, she started coming on full time after that. And that was three years ago and we'll be, I guess, four years coming up. So, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's very much just like girl chat, hanging out. Sometimes we have guests, sometimes it's just us, but it's really, we're so opposite. So that's kind of the funny dynamic is like, (laughs) If people are more of a Tanya or Becca, oh, yeah, I love that. It's really fun. That's well, so and fun. we can attest doing a podcast with your best friend yes. is super fun, especially yeah. on this just like girl chat, girl talk, all that. Yeah, so true. It's so fun. Oh, that's so fun. That's amazing that you like found that synergy. And then didn't you guys win like a People's Choice Award or two for it? And we did. We won two People's Choice Awards back to back for our podcast. Hey, so that that's was, that's amazing. Like, I mean, we. I, you know, I think everyone feels this way about their community and their listeners, but I would put our scrubbing in listeners up against anyone because they're just like the most loyal, like they won the People's Choice Awards for us. So that's awesome. Yeah. We're, I think Tanya and I are both really proud of, you know, the podcast and what we've been able to do with it. That's amazing. Well, perfect. I love that. Okay. (laughs) Becca, wrapping up a little bit. I would love to hear from you just with your whole story on The Bachelor and then kind of being thrust into fame by default just by going on the show and navigating that world. I think something, Evie said it earlier, but you genuinely are such a true person, or a, what am I trying to say? A person that's true to yourself. Like you show up online exactly as you are. You freaking, I love when you dress up as the dude and you're like Clyde. I, is it Clyde? I don't even know. Clyde. <laughs> You're just like so goofy and you're so you and you don't uh-huh. try to be anybody that you're not. And I, I just look up to you in that regard. And it's just like, you're you're so just honest and true to yourself is what I'm trying to say. Thank um, you. So for anyone listening that has listened to this episode, that's like, oh, I love Becca. She's awesome. But they're personally maybe feeling overwhelmed with comparison or just feeling like they don't measure up to who they're supposed to be or other people online or just just feeling in the comparison trap, I guess. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to that person who's feeling that way? I mean, I think every single one of us deals with like the comparison game, unfortunately. Like, you know, I hate to say like it's such a universal thing, but I, I think there is weirdly, there's some comfort in that. Like, yeah, not that you want someone else to struggle with comparison, but knowing that like, even the people you're comparing yourself to compare themselves to someone, you know, it's just like this sick, I don't know. I don't know what the fix is or if it ever goes away or we just manage it. I don't know. But, um, I think I just always am like trying to be the best version of myself. And I think my main focus is always like to, first lead with kindness. Like I will say, even if someone sends me a hateful message and I I feel like I need to respond, I always try to do it with kindness first because like, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what's going on. And I I think when we can kind of get outside of our heads and stop like worrying about what other people are thinking, what other people are going through and like, just focus on like love and kindness towards one another, like, it just makes us feel better. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of times um, we focus a lot more on, you know, our bodies and our faces and our outward appearance. 
And like, that's the least interesting thing about us. Like, I don't know anyone, like any of my close friends, they're all beautiful, but I'm never like, they're my friends because they're beautiful. I'm like, they're my friends because they're loyal. They show up for me. They're kind to people. They're driven. They make me want to be better. Like, I think we just focus on things that like are the least important. Yeah. Yeah. But we all do it. And (laughs) unfortunately with social media, it's just this vicious cycle we get into. So my advice would say you're one of a kind. There's no one else like you. As cliche as it is, it's just true. Like there's not a single person who gets to be who you are. So like embrace that instead of wasting your time wanting to be someone else. Ooh, that was beautiful. A mic drop moment. I know. <laughs> that's like a frame it, put it on the wall or the mirror type of, mo- that's so good. Uh, I feel like all of us, like you were saying, Becca, like all of us struggle with comparison, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's to one extent or another, it's like, it's, it's there. It's, I think, human nature to look around and it's just the reality, like you said, just hit the nail on the head of like, you're the only person who can be you mm-hmm. and that like, you'll never be satisfied trying to be somebody else. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not worth it. And that person that you're trying to be like is probably wanting to be someone else some days too. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think that is the, and I, I love that people are talking about that more now. You know, yeah. like a lot of times no one, for a long time, no one really talked about that. No one really talked about if they were feeling insecure or vulnerable or wanting to change something about themselves. You just kind of, you know, hush, hush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I'm like glad that people can have conversations about it because it does make people, it, it gives a sense of community of like, we're all kind of going through it and to keep your head up because you're not the only person who feels that like weight on you some days. Yeah. Amen. Well, and it's just so important to know that you're not the only one that struggles with comparison. You're not the only one who feels like that. And just remembering, like you said, the person that you're looking up to or or comparing yourself to is also comparing herself or himself to somebody else. Exactly. Like, you're not alone in feeling that. Yeah. I always am like, is it so horrible to say like, you know, misery does love company, but there's, yeah. there is something in community, you know? Yeah. That's yes. true. Amen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, well, Becca, so you have been a joy to talk to today. Thanks for spilling the tea on all the bachelor uh, behind the scenes yes. stuff. And then just telling us about your life it, thrust into the spotlight after bachelor world. And then just your podcast and everything and just giving inspiration to our listeners to be who they are and to just know that they're not alone in comparison, all of that. So if anybody is listening to the show and they're like, I want to follow her if I don't already, I want to listen to her show. I want to just catch up with Becca on all the things. Where can they find you? Basically drop all your links for us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can find me uh, on Instagram at Becca Tilly and my podcast, you can you can listen when, wherever you can listen to podcasts. It's Scrubbing In with Becca Tilly and Tanya Rad. I would say my blog, but as I said earlier, that's just <laughs> not active right now. And my Twitter is mo- mostly I just scroll to entertain myself. So <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so Instagram and your podcast. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Becca, thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your journey and your story. It was just so full of wisdom and tea and all the good stuff. And it was so fun to chat with you. (laughs) Thank y'all so much for having me. You're the best.